are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten, your first listen every day of the week on everything you need to know going on in the Big Ten Conference. Alongside our co-host Ryan Herrings for the day, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking about everything going on with the NBA draft now that college football or basketball is done. The top players out of the Big Ten. Ryan talked about it on Locked On Badgers because he has one of them waiting to be picked as a top 10 NBA draft pick potentially this upcoming month. I guess it is now that we're in April. Where does he stand, Johnny Davis, among the other elites in the Big Ten? Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray. We'll get to that in just a minute. But first, Ryan's a new face here if you're watching on YouTube or a new voice if you're listening in along with the podcasts. He's going to be taking over along with Justin Julko, the head of the Locked On Badgers podcast. It's going to be good as it always has. Asher and Asher and shoot, I forget. I guess I don't need to know his name anymore now. But uh, Asher and his co-host is Ben. Jesus Christ was doing ben very, Kenny. very yep. well last before with Locked On Badgers. They're going to do really good with what they're doing, and of course, we'll have Justin and Ryan here to take over now. Ryan, let's actually hear from you now. How how are you doing? It's good to have you here on the network. And this is your uh, first week of shows now we're getting into now? Yeah, so first of all, it's awesome to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, Justin and I are both super excited about it. It is our first week really going live on YouTube, uh, but we've been pumping out shows on the podcast side. We've been going for about a month now after taking over. And as you said, it's big shoes to fill. Asher and Ben, uh, they did an awesome job. Their content was original and unique, and they've moved on to continuing covering the team so we you know, we have big shoes to fill but we're excited to to try yeah it's an exciting time for sure yeah those two guys are busy they got plenty to do on their mm-hmm. own and was doing it on top of hosting this show but again putting it over into good hands with yourself and justin so it's kind of just getting yourself used to things here let's talk a little wisconsin here ryan as we get into the off season for both of these teams i guess spring practice is halfway off season for football as far as getting it covered goes but as far as this basketball team goes, it's very, very early, but we already know Wisconsin's going to be losing a lot of pieces here. Uh, how much of a step back are you looking at when you look at next year's Wisconsin Badgers team? Yeah, so it, it's really tough to say. They have uh, probably four spots they need to fill either through the transfer market or through the, the high school recruiting ranks this cycle. Obviously, Johnny Davis is going pro, but they're also losing Brad Davison, who as Big Ten opponents know has been there forever, right? So that's a big piece of the, the backcourt essentially gone. Um, Stephen Voe was the guy, the, or Chris Voe was the guy off the bench who did a lot for him. It's it's a lot of minutes available. And we also potentially lost our top reserve guard, Lauren Bowman. Rumors are that he's going to be jumping into the portal as well. So it's a team that ideally needs to bring three or four transfers in. And until we really see who those pieces are, it's really hard to say. There is a couple people uh, coming back. Tyler Wall in the front court had a tremendous year this year. And Chucky Hepburn, the freshman point guard out of Nebraska, um, was was tremendous for a freshman uh, for really any any player so there's a couple pieces to build around but the, there are a lot of holes to fill and we haven't brought anybody in yet on the transfer portal so I think there's a little TBD there to be honest um, but I think a step back is is definitely expected right so that that's where it's at though it's not like oh they're leaving but we've got this great recruiting class coming in or oh they're leaving but we've got these great backups waiting to fill in those shoes you're looking at hey unless there are three, four guys who can play Big Ten basketball coming in here, it's going to be a real struggle? Yes. Um, so the recruiting class coming in is a, a guy named Connor Asigian, who is a shooting guard, not expect, not the type of recruit who's expected to step in and play immediately. And and frankly, the bench this year was 
one of the worst benches in the country. It's the worst group of reserves that I can remember at Wisconsin in 20 years. So there is not an immediate answer coming in for Johnny Davis or Brad Davidson. They need, I would say at a minimum, two impact transfers at, at a minimum, just to kind of maybe uh, be an average, uh, above average team. And really they need two plus a couple bench guys to be able to provide some minutes. So it's, it's a big rebuilding task this offseason. One of the biggest great guard has had since he's been there. Do you think of Wisconsin as a destination school for kids? Are people going to want to come play here? That's really interesting. So there, there's been some talk. Does Johnny Davis change the narrative a little bit? Right. Ken, it, it, Wisconsin has traditionally not been that school that had players have come to left early, gone to the NBA draft. Johnny Davis changed that narrative a little bit. Now, how much? I'm a little hesitant to say it's going to be that much, right? Because you're still competing against schools that put people into the lottery semi-annually, annually, right? So I don't know if a player is going to really change that trajectory or change his decision-making because of Johnny Davis. So no, I, I don't think it's really a destination school. I think it's a school that needs to be very strategic with how they target players. You know, they're looking more for guys who come in and, and fill a niche, guys who might have to be here for two or three years. And that is difficult on the transfer market because players want to play right away. And those impact players aren't probably going to go to Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Well, it's going to be interesting to see, of course, how all that plays out. Just really interesting to see how this transfer portal stuff goes as I, I guess it's year two, really, or maybe year three mm -hmm. of, since we've had the real, real big changes here. So it'll be interesting to see what another offseason of that brings. Before we get into more basketball stuff here with you, Ryan, on the show, uh, let's switch over to the football side. Spring games are going on around the conference. Of course, Wisconsin's taking part in spring practices as well. Uh, I saw earlier today, it was 24-7 Sports actually released uh, projected win totals for the upcoming season. Didn't have a single team in the West with double-digit wins, but had Minnesota and Wisconsin both sitting at the top of the conference at nine wins. Uh, again, it's one of those things where like wait and see, but especially with this Wisconsin team, I guess, after mm -hmm. what it was going into last season on the football field, what we thought it was going to be. But uh, what are you thinking about where this football team stands right now as the team that has for a while now kind of been at the top of that side of the conference? Yeah, I think nine is probably fair, right? I think at the end of the day, Wisconsin, unfortunately, has question marks at the most important position on the football team. Right. right. I mean, we've talked about Graham Mertz for a couple of years now because he was a four star recruit, one of the, the highest rated quarterbacks Wisconsin's ever landed. And frankly, he hasn't played up to that standard. And there, you could make a statistical argument that last year, and I've made this argument, by the way, Graham Mertz was the worst quarterback in the Big Ten last year of players who received a sizable amount. Of, I mean, that's it's hard to overcome that. And here's the real big problem with with Mertz in the quarterback position right now is there's nobody to push him. Wisconsin has not developed a number two. They did not bring in a transfer this year to compete with Mertz. The number two quarterback on the depth chart, Chase Wolf, has not proven to be anywhere close to being able to take reps from him. So we're also not in a position where if Mertz against kind of struggles this year, there's, there's nobody that is looking over his shoulder that we can say, but maybe this guy is can come in and salvage something. So I think nine is, is probably a pretty fair win total just based on the defense, based on the running game. They're always going to be teams that don't have that type of talent in the trenches. But without steps from Mertz, nine wins might be the ceiling, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, it's tough when we're talking about it here because we don't want it to be that simple. But it really, quite honestly, sometimes just is as simple as is Graham Mertz going to actually be any good this year? So mm -hmm. we'll find that out in the fall, of course. And as it has been since he's been there, really, the Wisconsin Badgers can very much live and die off of the play of that quarterback. So we'll see what ends up happening as that goes on. Coming up on the show. We're going to talk more about some basketball players 
three in the Big Ten who are potential top 10 picks. Wisconsin has one of them. Ryan talked about it on Locked On Badgers earlier this week. We'll talk to him about what he had to say on that show and, of course, get a little deeper into what each of these players bring out there to the court to NBA teams, of course. That's coming up here in just a second on Locked On Big Ten. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Built Bar is the place to go for all of your protein needs. You already know that, whether it be the classic Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or their new Built Puffs, marshmallows. You can just pop right into your mouth to get your protein fix for the day. Whether it's to get you through your workout or just through the workday, Built Bar can be the one to help you do it with all the flavors that you love and the nutrition that you need with none of that stuff that you don't. We're talking about 15 grams of protein with less than 5 grams of net carbs and sugars, less than 150 calories in almost every bar, and 100% pure chocolate in all the bars too. It's again the protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. If you want to try it out, do it with a little bit of extra cash on us. Use our code LOCKED15 at Built.com to get 15% off your order. It's LOCKED15 at Built.com for 15% off. Back in on Locked On Big Ten alongside Ryan Herrings of Locked On Badgers, our co-host for the day. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're going to talk a little bit more NBA draft stuff here on the show as the Big Ten has three elite prospects. I mean, you could argue more, but as far as what the projections say, three players in the Big Ten that are looking like they could be pretty safely top 10 picks, unless, of course, other teams find out they like other guys better. A lot of stuff happens that lets guys fall, but at least on the projections, you've got Jaden Ivey, you've got Keegan Murray, and you've got Wisconsin's Johnny Davis out there as guys who are looking to be for surefire lottery picks. And of course, let's start with Johnny Davis, Ryan, as this is a guy, Big Ten Player of the Year, of course, led Wisconsin to the share of that Big Ten title. But I mean, really just blew up in that sophomore season. We've asked Asher about this before when he came on the show with us. And I mean, it's kind of obvious by now, but what were the things that made him jump out in this sophomore year? Yeah, so a couple things. First of all, the, the team lost a bunch of players, mm. right? So this this giant role opened up because last year's Johnny Davis didn't, nobody expected this. Nobody expected this type of jump, except for probably somebody inside the program, people who saw him every day, but a bunch of people left and then he filled that void. What makes him really special and unique, especially above, even among lottery players, is he's a total two-way player. Like his intangibles are off the charts every single game. A lot of players, you see this at every level and you've seen this. We see, we see this in the NBA. Players who are asked to carry a giant share of the offense of, of workload who are constantly required to make shots, take shots. They don't play defense. They don't rebound. I mean, that's the opposite of Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis averaged eight rebounds a game this year. He led the Big Ten in defensive rebounding as a guard. I mean, it's and defensive rebounding is really, uh, it's an energy stat in many ways. It's willing to throw your body into people, you know, scrap for those extra ball, those extra possessions, those rebounds. You know, that's a guy who is going to check a lot of intangible boxes in the NBA, and it's a big part of who he is. And then on the offensive end, he's just an incredibly tough shot maker. He's able to elevate over smaller players, make shots. He's able to drive by bigger players. He can punish people in the post. So his offensive game is, is very versatile, and we saw a lot of that on display this year. I mean, we'll talk about Jaden Ivey in a second here, but he's someone who, when I look at him as at least a prospect, like you can see like this and this are the things where he can do it on an NBA court right now. Mm -hmm. He has that speed that's just insane. And Johnny Davis, in at least in my mind, is really good at doing a lot of things. Like you said, he's a pure two-way player. He can get to the rim on both sides, score pretty efficiently. 
are there things that kind of jump out as this is what has NBA teams salivating over him? Or is it more the idea of being able to mold him into that kind of guy or whatever it is with his ability to be a more all-around player? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think the thing that NBA teams are really going to be drawn to with Davis, he's, he's going to be a plug-and-play type of a player for, for a good team. If, if he could fall a little bit to a team who needs somebody who – they can bring off the bring off the bench potentially as a sixth or seventh man who's going to play really hard defensively. He's going to have more openings on offense because at Wisconsin he was just swarmed. Defenses just started doubling him on every pick and roll and really put him into some uncomfortable spots. That's not going to happen in the NBA. So NBA teams are really going to be looking at him as a guy that they can put into a rotation immediately. He's mature for his age. The intangibles are there. He's going to work hard and he's he's going to really fill up the box score. And I think that's that's the initial draw with Davis. Um, he doesn't have the raw athleticism of a guy like Ivy though. So there is a ceiling question there. And I think that might be part of the reason why he's going to probably be a little below that, that tier of player. Well, let's get into, uh, again, I mentioned you guys talked about this on Locked On Badgers earlier this week. There's, again, the three guys, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, and Johnny Davis, all kind of all around that same area in draft boards. Where do you have these guys relative to each other, at least as far as prospects go? Sure. Yeah, I think Ivey's a clear-cut number one. Mm -hmm. Right. I think especially if you look at the NBA in the whole, the NBA drafts for upside potential ceiling, all those things are, are really important when you're building that team. Right? You're trying to find the superstar. Ivy's the only guy to this group that I think if you look at, you don't have to squint to, to connect the dots for him to say, yeah, this guy is, is probably an all star type of player if he develops. I think Murray and Davis, you both have to kind of squint to, to see that all star level player. And, and I, it pains me to say I love Davis, but there's shot consistency questions. He shot 30 percent from three this year. I mean, that, that's a problem in the NBA as a guard. Right. Keegan Murray lacks some of the athleticism. You know, I, I, I think he's a really smooth player. I think he's really safe, but he's I don't think he's on the tier of Ivy where Ivy is a dramatically better athlete than either of those two players. He's a little bigger. He's a six, nine wingspan. He can shoot off the pop, off the dribble in transition, pull up three shot, 35 percent coming off of curls. You know, it's just an incredible dynamic shooter who is also athletic. He has John Morant type athleticism. Now, he's not going to be John Morant because there's only one of those dudes, but that's the ceiling for him. And I just don't think that ceiling exists for the other two. So I go Ivy. I probably go Davis slightly ahead of Murray because I think Davis does have a little more of a ceiling than Murray. He's a little younger. And I think he's shown a little more of a rapid ascent in his skills. But I think Ivy's a clear number one in that group. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially when you look at what he does in transition, mm -hmm. like getting from one end of the court to the other, like the amount of not just speed that he has, but the ability to weave through a group of transition defenders and find either the open guy or get to the hoop. It's just, like I said, it's that, it's that trait that's just so mm -hmm. obvious when you see it, it's like, Oh, that's NBA skill right there. That's an right. NBA skill that he has right now, not three, four years from now, once he gets into the pros and beefs up, not once he maybe reaches the potential, that's something that he could do on an NBA court right now. Maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but again, he's just that good at doing that stuff. Uh, with Keegan Murray, he's someone who I think benefits from the times. Uh, I mean, 6'8", he's quick for a power forward kind of guy, if you want to call him a power forward. He's mm -hmm. got the ability to make that shot from outside, which is obviously valuable. I mean, he's a insanely more valuable NBA prospect than he would have been like 15, 20 years ago, of course. But uh, Agreed. just looking at what he can do right now, uh, you mentioned, I think it was the physicality with him a little bit. Yeah, he's got to beef up a little bit, but at the same time, I don't think that the physical big or even the physical modern big is what NBA teams are looking at when they're looking at Keegan Murray. So 
I, I think I put him in the same order you did, Jaden Ivey, clear-cut number one. Mm-hmm. Davis and Murray a little bit closer to each other with Davis having that kind of an edge. But I really think with Davis, the edge comes from just, like you said, maybe the age a little bit, but also just, a, I mean, the position that he plays. It's a more valued kind of skill set mm-hmm. that he has. And obviously, the defend, defending is incredibly valuable in the NBA right now. But, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I, I think it's Jaden Ivey, clear number one. Uh, if you ask me, I mean, I've seen different mock drafts, but the only guy who I think has a surefire shot to be in the top five when it comes yeah. down, like, I think you've got, like, it's, uh, what is it? It's Holmgren, Holmgren uh, shoot, I'm, I'm forgetting the top three. Uh, in this Jabari draft. Smith's in there. Uh, yes, I keep, I, I, that's what I was, yep. I keep wanting to yep. say Jabari Parker instead of Jabari Smith. I know. Uh, yeah, I've done Parker. that too. Yeah. Can I, really quick, I, you know, I saw a really interesting comp for uh, Murray. And I actually really like it. it it's Al Horford. Oh. I think that's a really interesting comp for Murray as a guy who's a really well-rounded player who's going to play for a long time, be a really safe pick, do a lot of things really well, but not a great, great athlete. I, I really like that comp for Murray. And, and I mean, I guess when you get down to nitpicking of guys that are all in this range, guys who are all going to be brought in and kind of wanted to be, if not right away, impact players, then the future of the franchise, uh, obviously it, it's going to be something where, it's about those kind of consistency things, those kind of things mm-hmm. where it's the question of what happens if this is a bust. And when you look at like Johnny Davis against Keegan Murray, I think Johnny Davis is a little bit safer of a pick just given what he does in the way that this league is trending. But of course you need the bigs right. too. And whoever needs the bigs is going to be able to take Keegan Murray and get one who has a skill set that uh, not, not a lot of big guys in the NBA have had before and are starting to get more of right now. So uh, I think it, let's wrap it up again. It's, Jaden Ivey, clear number one. Mm-hmm. Then I think Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray are more, I guess, tier 1B. I don't yeah, want to put them I, on a completely separate, different like tier from Jaden Ivey, but th- those two guys are both very close to each other, and I think we all agree that it's going to be lottery picks. I would be very surprised if it's not lottery picks for all of them. I would be, I guess, a little surprised if all three don't go in the top 10, but that's, I guess, less less impactful but yeah that's kind of where i'm at right now yep i'd agree with that i I really do think you know murray and davis really are on the same tier and it's just going to depend on the team who likes you know a little one a little more or a little less but i think they're very similar in terms of their value to nba teams can i give you really quick my my sneaky uh johnny davis comparison yeah yeah devin booker Mm. i think it's, it's like a one percentile ceiling but the way they take mid-range shots, the way they hit tough shots, the way they both have kind of the same body type, the way their athleticism is not above the rim, the way they both hit play in the post for a smaller guard. I'm telling you, they both underrated passers as well. If you watch uh, Booker a little bit at Kentucky of him not shooting, of him driving and doing the mid-range stuff, you really see some Johnny Davis there. And I think that's the type of player, if he ever hits his ultimate ceiling, he'll become a shade of that, right? Devin Booker is one of the best players in basketball, but that, that's right. my sneaky comp for, for Johnny Davis. Obviously, whoever takes him will be happy if it gets anywhere close to a Devin mm-hmm. Booker level of player. Uh, before we let you go, is there any team or, I guess, style of team that you think Johnny Davis excels with and is able to really mm. meet that potential with right now? Great question. He, he, I think that type of player, because, again, Davis is just a dog. Like, and it, I mean that in all the best ways. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, uh, Miami Heat type culture, right? You go in there with that Pat Riley defense that they built. They want guys who play two ways. They want guys who play smart. They want guys who hit shots. Uh, I, th- I think that culture, that type of play style would fit Davis perfectly. 
Well, we've got a few weeks left to talk about it still before we hit the NBA draft, and we will talk about it plenty, as will Ryan and Justin Julka over at Locked On Badgers every single weekday, Monday through Friday. Second you're done here, head on over to their podcast. Give them a listen, follow, subscribe if you're a Badgers fan, of course. And thank you, Ryan, for coming on here to join us on the show today, and we'll talk to you again next week as we continue to get you rolled out here with Locked On Badgers. Awesome. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate it. We'll be back here to wrap things up on Locked On Big Ten in just a minute. Well, as we get ready for the end of the athletic calendar for schools around the Big Ten, it means that we're getting into the summer months. That's, of course, the time when you want to get out there and have yourself a nice drive with your ride. And if anything's wrong, it can be a real bummer on pulling that car out for the first time. So if you're someone who's nitpicky about the car stuff or someone who just needs to make sure everything's running the way it should, you can head on over to rockauto.com for any upgrades, repairs, anything that you need. From big parts that could be big costly elsewhere to just getting yourself new floor mats, Rock Auto gets the job done well, cheaply, and conveniently for you too. Rock Auto cuts out the middleman. It's a family-owned business that instead of working with the part shop or the dealership where you're going to have price hikes if they have what you're looking for at all, Rock Auto has everything that you might need at the best price and you can do it from the comfort of your home while sitting on your couch and have it delivered to your front door. That's just how simple it is with Rock Auto. So again, next time you need anything in your car, head on over to rockauto.com first. One, because it's that easy and you've got nothing to lose, but two, because they're going to be able to find you a great deal. And if you do end up using the service, let them know that we sent you. Put locked on in the little how did you hear about us box that they have there for you. Again, it's Rock Auto, your place to go for anything that you need, really anything that you need with your car. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten, wrapping things up. Thanks again to Ryan Herrings of Locked On Badgers for joining us for a couple of minutes. He'll be, of course, there every day with Locked On Badgers. If you need to stay up to date on what's going on with Wisconsin, you can, of course, give the show a follow wherever it is you're listening to your podcasts now. Before we let you go, of course, as always, a trip around the things that we missed and uh, we couldn't get to and you may have missed over the day in the Big Ten. A whole lot of kind of semi-outside of Big Ten news. We do have one player announcing a transfer out. Austin Ash of Iowa basketball has entered the transfer portal. Uh, If you haven't heard his name, there's a reason for that. He played 4.4 minutes per game in 18 games for the Hawkeyes this season. So he'll go and try and find a better opportunity to get some playing time somewhere else. Also, it's National Student Athlete Day if you care about that. Uh, Other news across the Big Ten, some pro news for former Big Ten players. Dwayne Washington Jr. has signed a now full, whatever you want to call it, not a two-way. He was on a two-way contract with the Indiana Pacers, but the Pacers have picked him up and signed him to a full NBA multi-year contract. Now, of course, congratulations to the former Ohio State star. In other news on the football field, former former Illinois player Whitney Mercillus has retired. A former Illini standout ended up having a 12-year, I believe it was, NFL career, 11 or 12, a 2011 All-American with the Illini at defensive end. Happy birthday to Maryland's new head basketball coach, Kevin Willard. Of course, we'll see exactly how much the Terrapins are happy about his hire when we get to the new season, but he's got himself a summer-spring birthday, still very much spring. Uh, In other news, 
former Maryland wide receiver Stephon Diggs is now the proud owner of $100 million. At least that's on the contract. He signed a big extension with the Buffalo Bills to stay with that team. And finally, in some, again, Big Ten news, Rutgers baseball is just on a run, and we need to talk about it. Seven wins in a row for Rutgers. They are off to a 22-6 and start to the season on the diamond. That's a look around everything going on in the Big Ten right now. You may have missed. We'll have more tomorrow here on Locked On Big Ten on everything that goes on throughout the day in conference news. Until then, I'm Nate Dickinson with Locked On Big Ten.